Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, we started this uh, new series, Reset, um, last Sunday. And if you missed that, you can watch it online. Um, and, uh, but today, we're going to just talk about, I, I think the new year is, it's a typical time. I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. And so this has challenged me because it's kind of, you know, I'm a little bit cynical with stuff. And, but, but I think this is a great time of year to really evaluate our lives and say, you know what, I do think there are some things that need to change. And I'd encourage you, don't try to change like 12 things. Um, just pick like one or two. And um, in fact, in talking about that, I want to start with common New Year's resolutions. So just shout out, what are some common things that people resolve to do at the New Year? What are, what are they? Exercise, diet, lose weight. Here's the top three right here. I'll go through the top ten, but here's the first three. Eat healthier, exercise more, and lose weight, right? One of the things looking at this, people who choose to eat healthier, they've, they've studied this and they found that they go out and they buy healthy food and they also buy the exact same amount of unhealthy food. <laughs> and so they, they eat both. Just, I don't know, maybe that makes it healthy. But, um, and then exercise more, lose weight. This was fascinating to me. Um, 20% of those who had a goal to lose weight succeeded if their BMI, body mass index, was 25 or less. So in other words, that's like people like me that I, I could lose about 10 or 15 pounds, okay? So, so those kinds of goals worked. However, if, if their body mass was 30 or more, only 9% succeeded. And they said it's because it just takes longer to see results, and it's so hard to do that with, without results. So that's, what are some other things? Any, what, what are some other things? Shout it out. What are some things that people... Besides these three, read more. Yeah, that's true. What? Save money. Yeah, that's up there. More time with family and friends. Save money. Spend less. Less time on social media. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of any notes on these. No. Okay. Um, reduce stress on the job. I'm not sure how you resolve to do that. Shouldn't you like tell your boss to resolve <laughs> to do that for you? Like I don't know. Like. Anyway, but quit smoking's a big one. Drink more water, drink less alcohol. Reading was one in there somewhere. Um, drink more water. That's like a fad. And then I thought, well, it can't be a fad. We've been drinking water since the beginning. So, um, but anyway, uh, some of these things, um, one of the things about drinking less alcohol, so that's one of the top 10. Drinking no alcohol is really small. That's, that's, it doesn't make the top 10. But for, for those who decide to drink no alcohol, it's interesting that, that the success rate after um, one year was 13%. And the success rate after two years was 19%. So it was 50% higher two years later than it was one year later, which, which tells me, I think, something about resolutions that we need to understand is if you fail at a resolution, that's part of the process. You know, so someone who says, I'm not going to drink any alcohol this year, and, and this many people start like that, and a week later, it's down to this many, and six months later, it's this many, and a year later, it's this many, but then two years later, it's this many, because they, they, they failed, and they got up, and they decided, I'm going to try again. And I think with any of these resolutions, that's, that's just an interesting thing. The average um, success rate of a resolution two years later, what do you think it would be? Two years later. 10%, which sounds pretty high to me. I, that must be self-reporting, you know, a little exaggeration. But, but that's great. And this is 10 times higher than those who made no resolution. So some people do 
quit things or start things and they haven't, you know, you know, made a resolution to do it, but definitely those who resolve and, and especially those who resolve and maybe tell other people about it. Um, there's lots of things we'll talk about on another Sunday about some ways to help do that. But um, here, here's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in, new, in Christ, he is, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Th- this is not about resolutions, okay? This is about what happens when you ask Jesus to forgive you and that he would be your savior, and then when you give him your life and make him your Lord. It, it, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and, and he enables you to, to live and be a different kind of human being, a new human being. And, and so with that in mind, if you are a new human being here this morning, or, or if you haven't made that decision yet, maybe that's one that you should consider, but, but what does God think is possible for you in the new year uh, as, as, as a follower of Jesus Christ? What does God want from you this year? Um, and as we think about that, I'm going to look in some verses in Galatians, <clears throat> and uh, the people in Galatians... Uh, this is a church which is in now modern-day Turkey. It was a region. So there's a bunch of churches that, that Paul was involved with. And, um, and they ha- their background, many of these people in, in the Galatian church, their background was the Jewish law. And so they were, they were rule followers. They had been taught all their life that God loves those who keep the rules and he hates those who break the rules. That, that was their mindset. And, and so when Paul came along, he said, no, 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 that's actually not true. Jesus died and Jesus loves the rule breakers. And, and you can be forgiven. You don't have to pay off all of these things because Jewish law, there's rules about food and rules about uh, clothing and rules about all, all sorts of things and, and when you could work and when you couldn't and what you could do and what you couldn't and when you, you know, and, and it just was so so overwhelming. And these people were like, all these sacrifices I have to make, and I'm like 13 sacrifices behind, but I can't afford it. And, and by the time I do those 13 sacrifices for even unintentional sin, I'm probably going to be behind 20 more sacrifices. And it's just this, this constant thing. And they were exhausted by trying to keep the rules and get right with God that way. And, and Paul came and said, hey, Jesus Christ died on the cross and he loves you and his mercies are new every morning and if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and it was such a relief to these rule breakers and uh, these people that were taught God loves rule followers. W- when I was young, a teenager in my 20s, um, in the 19, even as a child in the 1970s and 80s, there were a lot of churches and there are still today, but but even more back then, there were churches that just were about rules. And we had all sorts of rules in our church. Rules about what you're supposed to wear. You should never wear a t-shirt to church. That was one of the rules, okay? Um, you know, suit, coat, and tie. I remember my mom telling me that when we were in like second grade, someone in the church came up to her and she was a you know, fairly new believer and and they said, well, you know, you, you've been here long enough that your, your boys need to come to church in a suit coat and tie. Second grade, you know, I can't believe she stayed, you know, but there are all these rules, right? You, you can't go see Bambi. Why? Because it's movie theaters are bad. So you can't do that. I remember we had a guest speaker who came and he said that, that Bugs Bunny was bad because it taught your children violence. 
you know, because you're going to grow up and drop an anvil on a coyote <laughs> going by or something like that, you know? And, and so there are all these, you don't celebrate Halloween, that's bad. You don't use playing cards, why? I don't know. But, but they had all these rules. You do not have drums or listen to music with drums, unless it's the high school band, somehow that's okay. But, but right, and there are all these rules, and, and it, was, it was exhausting to try to keep the rules or even to know what the rules are. And it was very attractive to me as a young man and as a teenager to hear the world's message. And the world's message back then was, do whatever you want. There are no rules. And it's interesting to me that in the last 20 years, that has flipped. Today, I think the world has more rules than ever, and they come out with new rules all the time. And, and here's some examples of them. And the point of this, okay, is not to offend anyone. The point of this is to point out how many rules we need to follow to be a good person today and how exhausting that is, and how Jesus came to set us free from that. So you can only root for certain sports mascots, and if you root for the wrong mascots, like the Redskins or the Indians, you're a bad person. I don't know if you know that, and, and there are certain uh, hobbies and things like that that are bad. Hunting is bad. I don't know if you knew that. You're a bad person if you hunt, okay? And, and if you let your kids play football, you're also a bad person. Now, you need to recycle. This is the rules. You got to separate your paper from your cardboard, from your plastic, from your tin cans, from your aluminum cans, and and you got to you got if you don't recycle, you're a bad person. You got to keep the rules, and you can't drive a truck. Trucks are bad, SUVs are bad. You need to buy an electric vehicle or a hybrid, and Tesla was the best until Elon Musk bought Twitter, and now Teslas are bad. So don't drive those either, okay? These are the rules. Paper or plastic, this always confused me. I couldn't remember. Do I buy plastic? But then I litter the ocean, so that's bad, or garbage dumps. So then I buy paper, but that means you cut down trees. So that's bad, and now they've solved it. They're both wrong. <laughs> you got to bring your own cloth bag or bag made out of recycled plastic. I'm not sure how they do that. I, I think in New York you can't get either now, right? Is that true? Walmart and those places, no paper or plastic. And then you got to use, these are beautiful paper straws. Plastic straws are bad. Those are against the rules. You got to use paper straws and they look beautiful, but they feel like nasty on your mouth. And then they start to disintegrate if you take too long drinking. It's just, and then you, to keep the rules, you need to be vaccinated, double vaccinated, boosted and double boosted. And I don't even know what we're up to now. How many shots? Because if you don't do that, you hate your grandma. All right, so... So you got to keep these rules. Another rule, you do not watch Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Depending on the group you're with, you do not watch CNN. The worst thing you want to do is Ben Shapiro on CNN, then everybody's <laughs> mad at you. Um, you cannot vote for, for Donald Trump. That would be bad. You're a bad person. Unless you voted for Biden, you're also a bad person. <laughs> All right? If Black Lives Matter came out and you posted a Black Lives Matter thing on your face, on your fa you're bad. If you didn't post Black Lives Matter, you are also bad, okay? So you got to keep these rules. You cannot watch MMA unless to watch a man like this beat up women, then it's okay. But you cannot name your son Brandon. Oh, you can name your son Brandon. You cannot cheer for him any longer at sporting events. <laughs> and we have, we have this in our church. They cannot cheer for their son. And you can't, you can't name your daughter Karen anymore. 
It's against the rules. You can't name your son Donald either. You've got to use the right pronouns. This is from a prestigious university, a chart telling us the right. And the truth is nobody knows what the right pronouns are. So you pretty much break those rules automatically. You cannot say Merry Christmas, right? That's bad. But if you say Happy Holidays, that's also bad because people will get upset you about that. You know, global warming is out. You have to say climate change, what's the difference? I don't know, but you gotta keep up. And then food, food is like crazy. You have to, there are all these food rules. You gotta have organic, locally sourced, non-processed, natural, gluten-free, free range, maybe vegan and keto-friendly food, or you're a bad person, you know, or, or you're bad because you're feeding your kids something, you know. My, my point is, again, not to offend anyone. My point is that our world seems to be manufacturing so many rules for how to be a good person. And it's just exhausting. And depending on who you're with, about a week and a half ago, I was with, I was in the VFW with a couple of Navy vets, and I called the thing that they served on a boat. <laughs> Apparently, boats can go on ships, but ships can't go on boats. They were on ships. They served on ships, not boats. And I could, you know, it was amazing I made it out of there alive, <laughs> you know, saying that at a VFW. But they were very godly men, and so they didn't slap me. And I could tell that they were really trying hard not to roll their eyes um, in disgust. So there, there's all these rules that, that we can break. And, and so this is, this is who Paul is talking to. He's talking to people who, who had exhausted themselves trying to keep all the rules. And, and he's saying this, I would, I would just like to learn one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? He's saying, is salvation... Did you get salvation by keeping all those rules? Or was it by believing and accepting him as your Savior and Lord? And of course, it's a rhetorical question. And the, and the answer is, it wasn't by the rules. And he goes on to say, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? So when we originally, we, we, we said, God, save me. Like, I, I'm a rule breaker. I, I just can't keep up. I can't keep it all. I'm not a good person. I want Jesus to pay the penalty for my sins. And I want to follow you, God. When we made that decision, the Holy Spirit came in, in, inside of us and allowed us to be different. And so he says, so we began with the Spirit, but does that mean now we're trying to finish by means of the flesh? So we start with the Holy Spirit, but then once you're saved, then it's all about the rules. Of course, the answer to that is no. And so what he's saying is true change is available only through the life-transforming work of the Holy Spirit. And so we just need to recognize, and, and here's another way of saying it. If your try-harder plan at resolutions hasn't been working, try surrender. And, and so what, what I'm talking about here is just having um, just a different mindset of dependence on God. And, and when you think about resolutions or something that needs to change, you need to think, how can I change something in my life with God instead of how can I change something in my life for God, right? It, it it's not a, doesn't seem like a significant difference, but I think it's important. 
to, to say, okay, instead of saying, God, you know, I need to lose 15 pounds and exercise, or God, I need to do, do whatever. It, it's the idea of, God, what do you want me to do? And then if that's what you want, and I know we're not going to hear a voice like, well, spend more, spend less time on Facebook, you know, or whatever. Um, we're not going to hear a voice, but I think just, just talking to God and, and just, just depending on God in that process. And then, and then when, you, when you think, well, I think this is what God wants me to do, then to do it with him and not to just try to do it for him. Um, so here's, here's how he talks about that in Galatians chapter 5. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the, the desires of the flesh. And he goes on, talks about this battle within us between the flesh, which is kind of a shorthand word for what I want, my desires. What, 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 do, what do I want? Well, I want to sleep in and be lazy, and I want to eat, and I want to not exercise, and I want to... Um, have everyone praise me, right? And, and that pride thing, I want to feed my pride and all of these desires that I might have. That's the flesh. He says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. What I want is not what God wants. Have you noticed that? It's true. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, what God wants for me, I don't want that. And that's hard. And they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. I had to look that one up. I'm like, debauchery, that sounds bad. <laughs> not sure what it is. It's basically um, unrestrained uh, desire and lust. So it's often used in the Bible for, for sexual, but sometimes it's, it's also food. It can be alcohol as well, just unrestrained um, desire. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Now here's the thing about that list. Some of that is really bad, but he is not making a distinction between one or the other. He's not saying envy. Envy is just wanting stuff that you don't have. Like, I think we all envy, like every week, if not every day. Like, oh, I want that. I wish I had that. That would be, ah, uh, I'm on the list. We're all on the list, right? And he doesn't distinguish that, oh, this one's really bad, that one. No, they're all bad. And this is what happens when I do what I want and not what the Spirit wants. But he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. We, we don't want to go that way. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. I, I don't know why they translate it forbearance. Patience. This is where the King James actually makes more sense. King James says patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. What is this saying? So, so all of these rules that we want to keep or all these um, New Year's resolutions we might come up with, those, those are like law-like rules. And, and we need to get beneath those things to character. So, so more important than we need to not just focus on outward behavior, we need to first focus on inward character. And, and then out of that inward character, and so, so it's the difference between saying, okay, instead of saying, I want to spend more time with my family, to say, okay, 
I need to be more loving. That is a fruit of the Spirit. There are no laws or rules about how to be loving necessarily or more loving. But then how do I work that out? How do I be more loving? Well, I'm going to be more loving by by spending more time in my family. And how am I going to do that? And getting down specifics. But starting with the character because the character is what needs to change. You see, Jesus, his worst enemies were were a group of religious uh, leaders called the Pharisees. And they were great at following the rules. They had all sorts of rules for their life. And it didn't help them get any closer to God. It didn't help them become any better and more like Jesus in their character. And so I just want to challenge you as you think about maybe a New Year's resolution to back up beyond the outward behavior modification and go to character modification. And, and in the end, it might be the same goal. You say, well, I want to exercise. He says, well, well, what's more important than exercise? First Timothy 4a, bodily exercise is of some value, but, but godliness is of great gain. So more important than bodily exercise is self-control, right? And to do maybe what I don't want to do and to control my body. And, and so work on self-control. And maybe the outworking of self-control is in exercise or food or something, something like that. So that's, that's kind of uh, the focus here. And for those of you who are sticklers of detail, you're, you're wanting to point out that this is not the fruits of the Spirit so not a, ha, over a half dozen fruits here. This is one fruit. And, and it's, it's true because this is like a pile of jumbled spaghetti that you can't untie. Um, so if, if you want to love someone, but you don't have patience, your love is going to be on a very short fuse, right? And then, and then you won't love anymore. So, so you need patience, more patience, to love, and you need love to be, probably be more patient, and and you know then you also need self-control to be faith to be gentle, and not self-controlled. That that doesn't work. You need self-control to to help feed your gentle. So so it's all like this big jumbled up thing. But so it is the fruit. This is one fruit of the spirit in our lives. But I do think it is helpful to to look at different aspects of the fruit and focus not on like the whole thing, but to say of all of these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, what one do I need to work on the most in my life? And, and so uh, along those lines, you know, what are the fruit of the Spirit will you intentionally cultivate this year? We put together, um, by we, I mean not me at all, <laughs> Kara Foster, um, little screensavers with every one of the fruit of the Spirit on them to put on the lock part of your phone, you know, or the inside of your phone. So that every time you look at your phone, you see, uh, you know, self-control. The, the coolest one is, this, this is goodness. That's kind of the coolest picture. Probably shouldn't pick it based on the coolness of the picture. Um, probably more important things to, but this is just something, you know, that we were thinking of brainstorming as pastors. How do we, maybe this year, this is how you think, like, this, this is going to be a year where I work on love or where I work on joy or I work on self-control or work on patience. Um, and, and then h- how does that look? The behavior is important. If you, if you totally behave impatient all the time, like you, you're not becoming more patient, right? But, but, but recognizing that there's something on the inside that needs to change first. Um, I, I just want to close with this. Th- this last week, 
um, two, two men in our congregation passed away. Uh, the one was Bob Millard, and um, we're going to celebrate, actually, Bob Millard, his uh, coming to Christ in December, uh, because he had grandchildren that relentlessly pursued him for Jesus. And uh, he had a, a daughter-in-law as well who came and talked to him, and, and just a few weeks before he passed away, he prayed with them to accept Christ. But So you have Bob Millard, and then you also have Walt Fetterman, and his wife is here. And... Um, so that's just in this, this, this last week. And that made me think, you know, and I'm going to read through the list of, of people whose funerals I did that were part of, that were from Montrose or, or, or from our church that passed away in the last year. And I'm going to try to do them um, starting from oldest to youngest. Claire Schreck was 104, passed away this last year. Um, Donna Foster, 86. Glenn Smith, Jeanette's husband, 85. Um, Shirley McCollum uh, lives on McCollum Road, of course. And uh, didn't come to this church, but Guy and Jen Ely for Don't Just Go to Church Sunday, they, they cleaned up her yard, just made her world for, for, for a couple weeks. Um, but she passed away this last year. Um, Carol Smith, some of you remember Ray, his wife Carol, he had passed away a little while ago, Carol passed away, Bob Lewis, LaVon's husband, he was 80, um, Fran Wilson was also 80, Ron Millard, 67, um, David Sheridan was uh, 57, got him out of order, so I'm just trying to find, I think, um, Deb Kessler was 46, and Frank, Frank Santangelo was 38. And so generally when, when you read like a list of obituaries of people that passed away, the, the takeaway is life is shorter than we think. But as I read and thought about that list this weekend, I thought of something else, and that's that there's a lot of hurting people around us. There's a lot of hurting people. And even in that, also in this list, is Donna and John Hullahan. Um, they lived at Lake Chrisanne, had moved up here from New Jersey. And I didn't do their funeral, but I was with Mason Cratch, who is uh, our pastoral intern, and he you know, is now a pastor out in the west coast of the United States, but just training him to be a pastor and said, hey, let's walk through this together. And so we sat at the dining room table with Donna to hear her talk about John and fly fishing together all over the United States and the things he loved and putting the service together there. And, and um, he was just in his 60s. And about a week after the funeral, we got word from the funeral home that that Donna took her own life when she was 66. Um, there's a lot of hurting people all around us. And, and they, need, they need to see the Holy Spirit, and they need to see the fruit of the Spirit in you. And so I just want to challenge you um, to, to think about what, what fruit of the Spirit do I need to lean into this year 
And how specifically is that going to work its way out in my life? Because God needs you in your world. There are hurting people that need to see the Holy Spirit and that fruit of the Spirit in you. And I just want to challenge you to do that. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just... um, I just thank you for blessing our lives. Just looking at that list, Donna Foster, there's just so many, Deb Kessler, just so many godly, awesome people, Ron, um, that we miss. And Lord, as I look out, I just see so many people who are hurting in many different ways. Some have lost loved ones. Others have broken relationships, have gone through divorce, estranged kids, and parents that they're not getting along with, friends that have betrayed them. And Lord, help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be more like Jesus each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.